and welcome everybody to this edition of the Pac-Man Podcast, Patriotic American Citizen. I'm Ted Flint, your host, and I'm in a good mood tonight. It's the end of the soccer season. The uh, girls' soccer team, the uh, Cambridge girls' soccer team, the junior varsity, they won their final game tonight, one nothing, or this evening, I should say, or this afternoon. And my daughter, uh, Isabel, plays on defense. She had a pretty good game, and Cambridge, they had a decent year, if you like soccer. I don't. But I love my daughter, so I supported her. Uh, let's see. Let's begin with, you know, I, you know, I don't know how many different ways you can say that Joe Biden is a shell of a man, but he, it's increasingly clear, if it wasn't already, that Biden is obviously, he's lost a step or two and he's lost a, a lot on his fastball. He is obviously senile and the media is protecting him. His wife is protecting him. But I've been saying this since the campaign. If she really loved him, and our country, she would have never let him run for the most important office in the world. This guy's out there daily making a fool of himself and making our country look ridiculous. Jen Psaki, the White House spokesman, says the president, I should say Biden, he's not, some people don't view him as president, but she says this, she had the nerve to say this, and she said it with a straight face. The president always fights for more press access. Now, this president has not answered a question from reporters in seven days. He has not done an interview in 61 days. Hasn't had a press conference in 95 days. Trump had one almost daily. He was the most accessible president ever. And not only is Biden not answering questions, who, is it? who does he think he is? By just refusing reporters' questions. Reporters, they were throwing out a bunch of questions at him as he was going to Air Force One, uh, I think today or yesterday. He just didn't even look up. It's a, you know, he, how he walks. He kind of like hobbles to the helicopter and without even answering a question. And he's, he's asked world leaders not to take questions. Who was he to advise other world leaders to not take questions? That's what our public officials have got to do. They've got to be accessible to us. They work for us. This guy just, you know, he's ridiculous. Obviously, he's not running things. I don't know who is. I mean, he's a puppet for Obama's people, I think. And we'll find out soon enough who's running things. I don't think he's going to make it out of his out of his first year. He'll be lucky if he does. But if he doesn't make it, look who takes over. Kamala Harris. There's some news on her we'll get to in a minute, too. She was, uh, I guess she recorded. I might as well talk about it now. Did a video and she was singing the praises of Terry McAuliffe, the former governor and possibly future governor of Virginia, saying how great he is. Now, that's all well and good, but th this, this video was airing in black churches, some black churches around the country. That's a violation of the Johnson Amendment, which was adopted in 1954. Now, it's an unenforceable rule. It says basically that churches can lose their 501c3 status, their tax-exempt status, if they're caught politicking. And it was a clear, it was in clear violation. Now, I guess there is a loophole that says the vice president is exempt from the Hatch Act and it basically is exempt from it. But I mean, it's certainly unethical and it could be illegal. And I read today, that was yesterday or earlier in the week, I read today that uh, churches, any churches that air this, this obvious pitch for McAuliffe could be in violation of the Johnson Amendment and they could face some uh, repercussions. We'll see. The freight costs from China to the U.S. and the West Coast have increased five-fold from January through September. Boats, you know, I think it was like $6,000, $6,300 and change. Now it's over $30,000, the freight costs. Boats cannot get into our ports. 
boats won't ship. They won't ship out until they're completely full. And we see the, the results. Oil prices have risen from about 50 bucks a gallon back in 2014 to just shy of $77 a gallon in 2021. And those prices are going to go up. And I guess we've asked OPEC to increase oil production, to which they have politely declined. We shouldn't be asking OPEC for anything. When Trump was leading this country, the operative word being leading, we were energy independent. Now we're, we're groveling to OPEC again. It's like a return to the 70s in the Carter years. This is unbelievable. The communist left, which is the Democratic Party, wants the U.S. dependent on foreign oil. They want to reduce consumption in order to save the planet. It's ridiculous. The president's policies, Biden's policies, are driving up prices and destroying the world's greatest economy. I mean, I don't know how many different ways you can say it. Well, I'll, I'll let Stephen Miller, he's the former president's advisor, Trump advisor Stephen Miller, he tells Fox News that Biden's description of rising inflation is way off base. The White House chief of staff said that runaway inflation and crippled supply chains are a high class problem. A high-class problem is when Ron Klain shows up late for dinner and they run out of truffles. That is a high-class problem. And I'm sure Ron's familiar with that experience. It is not a high-class problem if you can't pay your grocery bill and you're hungry, or you can't pay your heating bill and you're cold, or your kid's Christmas presents won't arrive until Easter. Those are working-class problems. They're causing suffering today. And to me, this underscores the point that President Trump always made so well, which is that the elites aren't elite in the literal sense of the term, as in smart and intelligent and capable and wise. What this shows is that people who have privilege and who have power and who have position have no earthly clue what they're actually doing. That, that's exactly what it is. These, these so-called elites, they think they're smarter than we are, and they're not. And in most cases, they're not as smart. They've gone to some of the best schools, some Ivy League schools, but they lack common sense. They lack wisdom. And it's, you know, I don't like people thinking they're smarter than I am. If they are smarter than I am, then I don't have a problem with it. But people who think they're smarter and they're not, that angers me. But anyway, corporate taxes, that was Stephen Miller, former Trump uh, campaign advisor. I guess he was uh, an advisor during the administration as well. Maybe he'll be advisor to Trump again, maybe in a second term, hopefully. Corporate tax rates, uh, the increases are being proposed to 28%. Corporations can't get goods. Costs are going through the roof. Taxes are increasing. The cost to do business in this country will continue to increase. That's going to cost jobs. Uh, they're not going to be created, and certainly the, it, it'll cost jobs. And we will continue as consumers to see shortages in basic consumer goods. I mean, everything is going up. Gasoline, we talked about the other day, is uh, I think it's like three forty nine locally for a gallon of regular unleaded. National average three twenty four, but three twenty four is a bargain around here. You know, and I read today that uh, Walmart has announced it's not going to do layaway during the Christmas holiday season this year. What will the public do? I mean, I'm not worried about all these dire predictions. I mean, Christmas, and they're worried about what Christmas morning will feel like. You know, Christmas morning is going to feel great in the Flint household because we don't, I don't look at Walmart uh, for my Christmas cheer. I mean, Christmas is about celebrating the birth of our Savior. 
And my wife and I have raised our children that way. Certainly, I got young kids. They want to see some things under the Christmas tree, and they will. I, it just, uh, there's so much wrong with the country. I hate to harp on it. We got the IRS potentially beginning to micromanage our, our banking transactions over $600. Think about your own bank account. I mean, $600, it's none of the government's business what's in my bank account. They think our bank accounts are theirs. We're, we're their personal ATMs, as I've said before. I don't know when, where this is going to end. It's, uh, hopefully it's going to end uh, peacefully, but I don't see it ending without some kind of a, a skirmish here. We've had a, a, a cold civil war brewing for, I think, decades in this country. And hopefully it stays cold and, and not, it doesn't get hot. I want to talk about former Secretary of State Colin Powell, who died this week from complications due to COVID. Uh, he was battling cancer and he was 84. So he had, obviously, comorbidities and he was 84. Uh, you know, I... I'm not going to. I'm not going to cast aspersions on Colin Powell. He served his country nobly. Uh, he served in the uh, Bush administration, maybe both admit both Bush administrations. But he endorsed Obama. He endorsed Hillary Clinton for president when he ran. He was no fan of Trump. He was a liberal Republican, and that's fine. But I think when Donald Trump got elected, I think we began to see who's who. And we saw who Colin Powell really was, as we did John McCain and, and that kind of thing. But I, I don't want to speak ill of the dead. But during a panel discussion this week, the local NPR affiliate, and I didn't hear it, but my wife told me about it. They were singing Powell's praises and those of his former boss, George W. You know, they despised both men when they served. Now in death, all of a sudden, they admire uh, Colin Powell. And, you know, if there's one of the women on this panel. They're all liberals. But one woman finally said, you know what? I'm tired of the, this, uh, this sainting of people when they're dead. When they were here, these liberals on the panel, they, couldn't, they could not stand Colin Powell. I know Trump said some negative things in a tweet about Powell or maybe in a speech recently. And then he went on to say uh, that he did serve the country admirably. But I mean, he was a liberal Republican. And this woman, I guess, back to the panel discussion, she believes in Regeneron, and uh, an antibody testing, which we don't hear about from the media. And she understands why people are hesitant on getting the vaccine. I mean, they like Colin Powell, the liberals, because he was black. That was it. They, have, they refused to acknowledge his many mistakes. And he made a lot of mistakes. But when she made these points to the other liberals on the panel, they were silent. And that's how it is. They don't want to hear any negative news about any liberal Republican. And that's what it is. They love liberal Republicans, especially when they die like Colin Powell, like John McCain. When they're here, not so much. Anyway, uh, speaking of COVID, 675,000 Americans have lost their lives from it. But one of my favorite talk show hosts has come down with COVID, Dennis Prager. Now, I don't know how old Dennis is. He's maybe maybe 70, early 70s. Smokes a cigar, every, at least one cigar every day. While he's broadcasting, he's, he's puffing on a cigar. Well, I'm looking at a piece here from Yahoo News, and they describe him as a right-wing personality. And they're not going to lose any sleep, the fact that he, that he uh, contracted COVID, because uh, all, all along, Prager's been saying he's not worried about it. I guess he's, he's got this habit of eating with dirty utensils in restaurants. And Prager insisted that's not a bad thing. In fact, getting sick with a virus was his plan all along is what he said Monday during his show, which streams daily on YouTube. I'll give you the quote here. It is infinitely preferable to have natural immunity 
than vaccine immunity, and that is what I've hoped for for this entire time. So he's quarantining at home, and he said he's engaged with strangers. He's constantly hugging them, taking photos with them, knowing that he was making himself susceptible to getting COVID. And he says that's what he wanted. He hoped he would achieve natural immunity and be taken care of by therapeutics. And that's what's happened. What's wrong with being taken care of by therapeutics? He's on some kind of antibody treatment, Regeneron, which is a monoclonal antibody treatment. And he told his audience he's been following the uh, Zelenko protocol, which is, uh, I don't know much about that, but these people, whoever wrote this, said it's ineffectual. It's a combination of prescription drugs and uh, I guess it's, it's, it's popular with those on the right. And he's also taking uh, ivermectin, which is a medication used in animals and humans. It treats infections. And of course, the left hates any kind of therapeutics. It's got to be the vaccines or nothing else. They're pushing the vaccines like there, there are no other choices. It's his choice. If he wants ivermectin, it's up to, up to him, up to uh, Prager. If he wants to take Regeneron, it's up to the patient and their doctors. It's not up to government to keep us from these, from taking these therapeutics. I mean, they say, what, what's, what's the purpose of keeping us from the, the therapeutics? They're, they're not, they're used on animals. As of right now, these vaccines are experimental. And that's what Prager, he made that point. He's feeling better. He, I guess he lost his taste for a couple of weeks, but he's, he's improving. I guess he had the, had the chills for a while too. But I mean, when people are beginning to fight back, against some of these uh, mandates out of Washington. I mean, parents are speaking out at school board meetings, are concerned about how their children are being educated, what's being taught to them. And, they're and a lot of people are turning to homeschooling. And my wife and I have, as you know, have homeschooled all our children. We have two children in the public schools now. One, one girl is in college, a state university, and the other girl is uh, in high school. And uh, we have two boys, younger. the two younger children are homeschooled. But I mean... You have critical race theory being taught. You have uh, these mask mandates, kids wearing masks, playing sports, which is ridiculous. And, you know, there's, they, they got all this hypersexual material they have access to in schools. It's got to end. One way or the other, it's going to end. I know the uh, attorney general, Merrick Garland, is uh, sick the FBI on us, basically, told the FBI to keep an eye on parents who are too vociferous in their opposition to some of these, these mandates coming down at the state level. And uh, if you're a parent and you're concerned about what your kid's learning in school and what they're being taught in school, as I am, you have a responsibility and a duty to them to make sure that they're learning what you want them to learn. You're paying the bills. If you don't like what they're being taught, then yank them. Homeschool them. Anyway, I wish we had more time. I can't believe the time is up already. Uh, this is the Pac-Man Podcast. If you're just tuning us in, I'm Ted Flint. And uh, if you want to hear some really fine programming, Check out the bmgnetwork.com. We have some great, and I mean great, podcasts up there for you. We have this program, Pac-Man. We have the Adrian Ross Show, which is a new show up, up on the uh, dish this week. We have uh, Set Apart with KC. We have the Ken and Mike Show, the Ken Burns Show, and Mike'd Up with Mike Hansen. All those shows, and we have columns for your reading as well. We have the uh, Pac Perspective, which I don't have a new column up there yet. I hope to have one up in a couple of days. So check it all out, the bmgnetwork.com. And if you want to contact me directly, it's the Pac-Man, P-A-C-M-A-N, at the bmgnetwork.com, all lowercase. Thanks for tuning us in, folks. And if the Lord wills it, we will talk to you soon. 
The Pac-Man Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the bmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune in to the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flitch.